This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf into hour number three. This is our last day hosting. I've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed it, then let us know. 888-SAY-ESPN. Give us some compliments or say we stink. I don't care. It'd be fine either way, but just give us a shout. 888-SAY-ESPN. We've enjoyed it. We've had some people writing here. I like this one. You know, I, so I have a text machine where I allow people to text in to me, and I can yeah. see what they think. 772-774-5254. And one person writes, uh, my, Matt, you missed Myron's humble brag that he was, quote, on the wall at the Wichita Diner. Is yeah. there m- more of a lame career accomplishment than being on the wall at the Wichita Diner? Well, l- let me ask that individual. Uh, are they on the diner wall? Are they there? Uh, do you know of any no. other walls you're on? Is that like is that like the peak award moment for Myron Metcalf? He made the wall at the Wichita Diner? Let me tell you something. After I wear this jacket on national TV, I'll be on somebody's wall. That's right. Myron Metcalf is the Wichita Donman. He's right there on there <laughs> doing his thing. Booger McFarlane, ESPN's football analyst, was on this show yesterday, and he had very mean things to say about my Chicago Bears. You know, everybody's really high on the Bears for making a huge jump because I think we look at Justin Fields and we automatically pencil him in uh, as a QB that's going to make a huge jump. I hope he does, but I, like, I, did, I haven't seen anything that's going to let me know he's going to do that. Like, I watched the preseason game. He threw a couple of screen passes, and they took him 60 yards, and everybody's like, look at him, three for three, 120, QBR of 150 or whatever it is. I'm like, go back and watch the tape. He threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, and the guys took it to the house. Yep. Uh, so, uh, ultimately, the Bears – Booger's being a hater there, but I'm going to forgive him because I like him. But, Myron, I want you to lock it in which team this year will have the biggest letdown. And while you're thinking about that, remember that lock it in is brought to you by Gorilla for the toughest jobs on planet Earth. So lock it in. What's the team that will be the biggest letdown? Well, first let me say about the Bears. I mean – Adding DJ Moore is a big deal. You know, yeah, Justin yeah. Fields didn't do a whole lot. He didn't like, have I mean, anybody to throw it to last year, Myron. Yeah, so I think that was actually to watch that in the preseason game. If you're a Bears fan, you're like, this maybe opens up a lot of options that we didn't have in the past. And then Khalil Herbert has this big run as well. I don't think it's one of the teams that everybody's throwing around. The Jets is an easy pick, right? I think that defense is too good for them to be a major letdown. And they, they might get caught in the buzzsaw known as AFC, but I don't think they're going to be bad or, or have a big disappointing season. The 49ers are another easy pick for folks. They had three quarterbacks last year, and they were still a legit Super Bowl contender. I think they'll be okay. You still haven't locked it Lions. in yet. I need you to lock it in. I'm locking it in. Is there a music? Do I have to say lock it in? <laughs> Just say lock it I'm in. I'm locking it in. Okay, you keep interrupting. I'm locking it in Okay, as the Detroit Lions. How about that? Uh, because I don't know what happened, but we went from hard knocks to the Lions having this incredible finish, which they deserve all credit for the way they finished last season. Dan Campbell has sort of revived the spirit of this franchise. Kudos to them. But that's a lot different from saying suddenly they're a Super Bowl contender. I think that conversation is quite exaggerated, and I don't know really where it came from. The Lions have gotten off to really two really terrible starts in the last two seasons. They finished strong, and the reason why we paid attention to it last year because they were so bad in the first half of the season. You're counting on Jared Goff 
being as good as he was a year ago. Consistency has been an issue in his career. You're also counting on the Lions to win all these close games again that they won down the stretch. I just think people have gone way too far on the Detroit Lions, who could end up being the third best team in their own division. I think we got to slow down on that Super Bowl talk, but it's going to put an unrealistic expectation on that franchise that they just won't match. I think everybody wants the Detroit Lions to be good because they enjoyed them on hard knocks. I mean, I think that's what it is. People think Dan Campbell seems fun. He has really weird uh, sayings. You know, he says the thing about – if you're well, I think one of the things he said I can't say on the radio, but he had the thing about if you yeah. stare into the abyss with Metallica, it'll stare back to you. And you know, he yeah. just seems like a guy people want to hang out with. So they're like, they hope no. that he wins. I'm not sure how successful they be. Although if they're they're in a division where they could succeed, if they want to, uh, I'm going to go. By the way, you did lock it in, and I'm going to lock mine in with the Jets. And I don't say this to be mean. Part of it's wishful thinking. Aaron Rodgers is the most exhausting human being on the planet. I'm not buying any of the act. I've seen the last two weeks on Hard Knocks where Aaron Rodgers is just like, yeah, man, I just pick up the grass and throw it because, like, I'm one with nature, man. And it's just like what you do, and then you see the air, and I'm like, stop it. You is that don't, Cheech and Chong? Like, are you doing I'm just what? telling you, it's all like, well, if you watch it, it would seem like he's been hanging with Cheech and Chong every day. He just sits there, and he's just like, the mantra of the world, man, when I throw it to Garrett Wilson, man, it's just awesome. And I'm, I don't buy any of it. He, he wasn't a good teammate at the end with Green Bay. The cameras are on. I mean, how many times? He's two or three times during the show pointed and go, you know, the camera's on, which says to me, in his mind, he's always like the camera's on. With all of yeah. that said, though, that's not why I don't think they're go- I think they're going to be a disappointment. I think they're going to be a disappointment because I think the standards are way too high. They practiced against Tampa Bay two days ago, and the reports are that they gave up 10 sacks during that time. They canceled the practice the next day with Tampa Bay, and I don't think Tampa Bay was happy about it. But that offensive line is a disaster, and we know that if Aaron Rodgers goes down, they're done. We saw what happens with Zach Wilson last year. I mean, Myron, if you have an offensive line that's given up 10 sacks to Tampa Bay, what is going to happen through the course of that year? I think the smart money is that Aaron Rodgers won't stay healthy all year, at which point you can't believe in the Jets. So whatever the under is on the Jets, and I'm not even sure what it is, but whatever it is, I'll take it because I think they're going to be disappointed. I mean, I can understand that. I would say with Zach Wilson and Mike White, they won seven games despite being a team in the AFC East. So I don't think Aaron Rodgers has to be great for them to be a playoff team. That offensive line is a concern. Uh, you know, you're counting on uh, guys like uh, Makai Becton coming off his second major injury to, to hold that up. So I think that's valid. But I just don't know how good Aaron Rodgers has to be because that defense will be that good. And I think if you look at it from the perspective of the Jets' greatest asset is its defense instead of Aaron Rodgers. It's easier to see that path towards 10-11 wins. Now, if you're saying they got to get to a Super Bowl or this season is a bust, that's a different conversation. I don't know if that's valid, but I do think there are a lot of fans who feel that way, which is crazy to me because it's still the AFC. You got to go through either Mahomes, Burrow, maybe Lamar Jackson with Odell Beckham, maybe uh, Deshaun Watson if he's back to form. You got Trevor Lawrence and what they were able to do with Jacksonville. Don't forget, Trevor Lawrence had a shot at Kansas City. It could have won that game in the playoffs. So I just think the AFC is too strong to assume that anybody will automatically get to the Super Bowl after adding a good quarterback. 
888-SAY-ESPN. We are asking you, we also asked you, what are the biggest what-ifs in sports? Because a reporter found out that Chicago nearly got LeBron, Wade, and Bosh instead of Miami. That's a what-if. So we have other ones. We might as well go to the phones. Let's go to Charles in Ohio. Where are you, Charles? Good morning, gentlemen. I am in Ashley, Ashley, Ohio, and I'm just now backing up my truck to deliver some fuel. But uh, I wanted to tell you guys, you guys are a breath of fresh air in the morning. I'm usually up and on the road by 6.15, and you guys, when you guys been on, Y'all have had me cracking up. Almost make me wreck a couple of times. But I well, love thank it. you very much. But, well, don't wreck a fuel truck, though. I'm yeah, glad you like us. Let me ask you a question. I, I used me. to date. I used to date a woman from Akron, and what's the name of the burger place there? She would take me to. It was so good. Uh, well, I'm in Ashland. I don't know about Akron. Oh well, if you go to Akron, go to that burger place. <laughs> I don't know what's in Ashland, but nevertheless, but if you, Akron, Ashland, you it's whatever. Ashland, you guys come to Ashland, Mansfield, Ohio area, where the Ohio State Reformatory oh, yeah. is. I'll make sure you yeah. guys get a, a free tour. He'll take us to prison. Well, thank you very much. So, what is your uh, what is your what if? What if Buster Douglas would have never knocked out Mike Tyson? Would he would have been undefeated and then retired? Amazing question. What do you think? Buster Douglas, one of the great upsets in the history of sports. What if he doesn't knock out Tyson? I mean, it really changes boxing history. I mean, Michael, Mike Tyson, you know, was probably going to face his legal challenges either way. But um, I actually think Mike Tyson dodged some big fights. You know, could have fought Holyfield then, Lennox Lewis, uh, you know, some other guys who he missed because he ended up in prison and because he didn't have the same profile after that loss. You go back to that fight, a lot of people think Buster Douglas did get knocked out, didn't beat the count when Tyson knocked him down. But that would have changed more than anything our history of the greatest underdogs of all time because I think Buster is probably number one on that list. Yeah, I think that's probably – when you're talking about shocking things in sports, waking up that morning and turning on Sports Center and hearing that Mike Tyson had been knocked out in the middle of the night yeah. has to be one of the greatest surprises uh, that I ever remember in sports. Let's go to Alex in Memphis. What do you got, Alex? Hey, guys. How you doing, man? You guys are absolutely wonderful. Just want to say that, first of all. Well, thank, thank you, you Alex. Um, I think y'all are – yeah, absolutely, man. I think y'all are sleeping on the 49ers. It don't matter how many quarterbacks they have come through. They have the quarterback whisperer. That's true. Coach. Yeah. I think we're going to see a lot of that, by the way, Alex, with how Jimmy G does in Vegas. Like, if he completely flames out – I think you're going to see a little bit of what you're talking about because there are those people that argue, Alex, that it's Shanahan. That you don't even it doesn't even matter who the quarterback is; they'll still be good. And I, I do have one question. This is outside of football. I just wanted to get you guys' opinion on this. Um, okay. Do you think that it's a coincidence that the first um, really televised game, nationally televised game for the Memphis Grizzlies, because I am from Memphis? is the 26th game, the first game that John Moran is supposed to be back. No, it's not a coincidence, <laughs> no. of course. I mean, no offense to the Memphis Grizzlies. Do you know, if I'm, am I going to watch a Memphis game without John Moran? Like, I, no offense, but, like, I wouldn't – you couldn't make me watch a Memphis game under duress of law without having John Moran. Oh, so, Myron, I think oh, that there's – horrible. I, well, I don't, to watch that. I don't hey, say that Garrett to be Jackson mean. Yeah, Jaron Jackson's a yeah. nice fella, but I wouldn't know him if he walked the, down the street saying, hi, I'm Jaron. I still wouldn't. Yeah. I'm taking – I want to see John Morant. I don't think it's a coincidence, Myron, his national games are after he comes back. 
Not a coincidence at all. I just hope he stays focused and avoids the off-court drama because he's an incredible player, and I hope he understands that. Let's go quickly to Alva and Raleigh. Apparently he wants to say something nice, and I always like to hear something nice. Go, Alva. Hey, you guys. Um, you guys have been doing a great job. You guys are hilarious, and you kept me laughing. And one more thing is uh, I might be in North Carolina, but chocolate gravy – I don't think so. So I had chocolate gravy, Myron, <laughs> by the way. Oh, one of my listeners made it for me, and I ate it, and it was it was good. It wasn't something I would want to eat on biscuits a lot, but I can see why people like it. It tastes basically like a just different textured chocolate sauce. Okay. I'm glad you had it. I, I, I don't know that I need to have it. Still feels well. Uh, I still have a jar of it. If if when you come down sometime, <laughs> okay, you, uh, we you hold on to it for we me. will get it. A player yesterday said he uses Madden, the the uh, video game, to scout his opponents, and what? another player said, "I ain't passing. Get over it." We'll deal with all that next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. We're on ESPNU now on the television. Uh, on my text machine, which is 772-774-5254, people are writing in. One person writes, I like Myron. He's always looking down with a smile on his face like he's looking at a delicious spread of food below him. <laughs> No, I'm I'm looking at phones like here's the thing. I don't, you know, I can stare directly into the camera. It does but that look feels like though odd it, to me. It it is a little odd. I do it, but it does look like I like that. You do look like you're looking at a delicious spread of food. I, I think that's nice. All right, I want to play something for you real quick before we get okay. to you know the real topics. Somebody just reminded me of Matt Myron and I. For those of you who don't know, we host Sunday mornings on ESPN from 10 a.m. to one before the NFL games start. You should tune in. A lot of fun. And for many years, we would interview Sal Palantonio. Now, let me just say this. I'm going to give a spoiler alert. Sal and I have become friends. Like, now we're kind of radio buddies, Myron. I've never even met him. But on the radio, we're kind of friends. But at first, I never felt like Sal Palantonio really liked me. I would ask him questions. And, Myron, you remember, he would always just seem frustrated with me. It was always like Sal was, was like, talking to me like I was, like, a 12-year-old who didn't understand what was happening. You know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, how you how you talk to callers sometimes. Right? They, okay, think about that. Yes, <laughs> take the way that I sometimes talk to callers or Daniel Dopp. Or no, now Daniel Dopp and I are friends too. My uh, he Sal would, would 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 talk to me like that, and they pulled a clip. Of one time, I asked him a question, and I was really prepared by it. I was like, I, I want to ask this question about the Eagles. He's going to be excited, and he's going to answer it with, with, with excitement. And here's what I asked, and here was his response. 
are they still sort of preparing and 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 continuing with this underdog mentality? Nobody believes in us, et cetera. I haven't heard that this week at all. No. All right. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> hey yo, hey, that was like. <laughs> That was kind of like when I tr- I thought we had a heart out earlier in the show. Yes, I thought, you know, he I just to get went. Out. I haven't heard that at all. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> and I and went. Then I think I asked the same question the next. No, no, it was Dan question. Orlovsky. Then Dan Orlovsky okay. went after me, and he liked Dan. And Dan asked the same question, and he acted like it was a brilliant question. And so I just decided in my head that Sal Palantonio hates me. But now I think we get along well. But there will never be a time that I'll get a a less excited answer than I've never heard that no and then just stop, Myron. (laughs) That was was it. That was the one. (laughs) Awkward. Uh, Now, I don't know if it was awkward, but it was odd when Tyreek Hill yesterday Mm. was asked about watching film, and he said he uses a unique approach to get ready for games. So I feel like Madden has a good tell of how good players are. So I just play Madden the night before, and I go look at all their ratings. So let's say, for instance, they had Steve Nelson and Derek Stingley over there, two phenomenal players, by the way. Um, I just go get on Madden. I go to the EA rosters. Then I scroll down and see what their awareness is, their speed is, and they sprint. And that's how I get a good tell on them. So there you go. Doesn't watch film. But he plays Madden because he feels like the Madden people that make it know exactly what they do. What's your take on my man Tyreek? At least he's being honest. Yeah, my take is, and this is not a lesson just for Tyreek or, or sports, really in life. Some things you need to leave in the group text. Right? Like some things, yep. some things like just because you think about them, you don't necessarily have to get in front of a mic and say it. Now, I believe Tyreek Hill is being honest. And, and you know what? I think when it comes to watching film, we mainly care about quarterbacks watching film and defensive players for the most part. Like wide receivers, we don't really know or care. And as good as he is, one of the top receivers in the NFL, whatever he's doing has worked. But you don't want to give people the impression that you're not working as hard as you could be. Like this doesn't matter if he's still great again, right, Matt? But if he's sloppy this season or there's a step back or he struggles for some reason, that's the kind of comment that will haunt him. You know, it's fun in games now in August, but in October, it might be like, well, here's the dude that doesn't watch film and doesn't take the game seriously. So I'd be careful about saying that publicly. I also would just suggest maybe doing, I don't know, a little bit more work. I mean, wide receiver is probably the position (laughs) where you have to study the least, to be quite frank with you. You don't block a ton and you just and you can kind of improvise when you need to. But it reminds me, like that answer of, well, I turned on Madden, reminds me of when yeah. I, somebody will tell me some crazy news story. You know, they'll be like, the president of France was actually in Kansas yesterday <laughs> picking corn. And I'd go, where'd you hear yeah. that? And they say, the internet. And I the go, internet, yep. that's not an answer. The internet no. is not an answer. Well, I kind of feel like if you're just looking at Madden, you don't know who did that. I mean, there's somebody that's probably yeah. dorkier than me that made that Madden game. I might do a little bit more analysis. But Michael Porter Jr. also had an interesting comment like that. Now, you may remember he shot 14% from three in the playoffs last year, and he was on the Curious Mike podcast. Who's Curious Mike, Myron? Do you know who that is? No, I think it's just a dude. I don't know who these podcast people are. He's just a dude. There's a dude named Curious Mike? Well, I'm not saying like just a dude to be condescending. I just think it's a – 
Nah, I'm just all these guys got podcasts. <laughs> it's his podcast. All right. Oh, oh his... okay, that makes sense. Oh, he's but mine. The guy... <laughs> but no, no, okay. Okay. Oh, my guys. Mike, Mike, Mike Porter. Porter Jr. Oh, no, no, oh I'm sorry. Okay. But the but the I guy who that. asked I him, I don't know. I was I don't know who that guy it, it was actually is. Who asked him the question? It was a young lady. It was a lady. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize. Okay. It makes sense. Right. His name's Michael Porter. He okay. has his own podcast. He calls it the Curious Mike. Yeah, this, this, this is, is definitely our last time filling in. Yeah. Look, <laughs> don't worry. Time filling in the They'll morning. have somebody else on here next week. Don't worry. The Curious <laughs> Mike podcast. On the fourth hour. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. said this about the fact he gets criticized <laughs> for not passing I enough. I didn't know. Swing the rock memes about you. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. On social media, you see what people say. Uh, no, I'm aware of the little Michael never swing the rock Porter Jr. I don't know who came up with that. To be completely honest. I'm one of the best shooters in the league, like humbly, like I don't see contests. You might be watching on TV, see me shoot a contested shot, but it doesn't feel contested to me. I might watch it like after I'm filming, I'm like, yo, I shot that. But like when I catch the ball, unless I'm crowded, it's, it's probably going up. And my teammates know that and they're going to tell me to shoot it. Let it fly, you know what I mean? He is not one of the best shooters in the league, and he probably should see if somebody contests it because then he might shoot better than 14%, Mark. <laughs> well, I think – First off, you can't say humbly and then say, I don't see contested shots. I don't know yeah. if he knows what the word humbly You just humbly can't say humbly and it just means. Yeah. You know, excuses everything. Yeah, But he was terrible in the finals. I mean, 33% from the field, 14% from three. He is overall a great shooter, 41% overall, I think, in his career from three-point line. But just it comes off as arrogant. And, again, if you're a champion at this level, that works. Three, four years from now, though, you might end up in Orlando or something for all we know. And that attitude might not fly the same you know, way it does with Jokic anchoring your team. That's exactly right. A lot of people real arrogant about how well they shoot the ball when they have the best passer in the league and an amazing <laughs> yeah. score in Jamal Murray next to him. Yeah. yeah. Let's go see how you shoot if you play for Detroit, all right? Because one <laughs> of these days, Michael Porter Jr., I got a little secret for you. You're going to be the expendable one of the three. So rely Good on point. the Curious Mike podcast. Let's get it really popular so you have a backup plan and be ready yeah. to see if you're going to be able to shoot like that when you're not surrounded by one of the greatest passers of all time and an amazing yeah. score. Now, we hopefully will be here when we when you get back. I mean, we think we will, but well, I don't know. We didn't figure out the Curious Mike thing. So. Could go either way, and if we do, we will I let you know, dude, who the best coach currently in college football is. That's next here on Mornings on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. He's Meyer Metcalf. I'm Matt Jones. It's time to talk a little college football. And Trevor Maddich is ESPN's college football analyst. You can catch Trevor along with Matt Schick and Matt Sims on College Game Day on ESPN Radio. That will start next Saturday at noon Eastern where they will go through all the games. Trevor, we all three love college sports, and we're excited to get it going with Week Zero coming up actually next weekend. But I had this argument the other day about college football, and I want to see if you agree. I think in the last few years, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and then in the early years, Clemson were just so much better than everybody else that you went into the year knowing, hey, it's those teams, and then maybe they'll get upset once. I think the gap between the Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, even throwing Michigan, and the other teams, teams 5 through 12, which Penn State, Florida State, put whoever in who you want, I think that gap is smaller than it's been in recent years. Do you agree with that? I agree with everything except Georgia, Matt. The thing is, the other schools are starting to catch up. Part of the reason is all the money that's flowed into the Big Ten and the SEC especially, and they've they've been able to keep up when it comes to the eye candy and the recruiting budgets and things like that. NIL makes a difference. But they saw these other schools, what they needed to do in order to, to catch up because they would play very well within their own conferences. Then they would show up and play the top SEC teams. And their skill players didn't get a chance to be fully engaged because they just got mashed on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And that's where the SEC separated themselves, where they had more big guys who could run and hit more of them than anybody else they played outside of that conference. And I think you're seeing in places like the Big Ten – that improving, especially in a place like Ohio State, whose defensive front seven this year should be one of the best in the country. Uh, Trevor, Quinn Hughes has obviously played well enough in camp where we haven't heard Arch Manning's name, uh, it doesn't seem like, this summer. What's a realistic expectation, though, for Texas this season? I think Texas has a chance to beat Alabama and in week two. And if they do that, then the all bets are off with Texas because – They are solid on both sides of the ball. They're solid at the line of scrimmage. And when you talk about Texas and Oklahoma entering the SEC next year, I think Texas is much better positioned to compete well in the SEC than Oklahoma right now because of the way their lines are built. But then when you look at Oklahoma, or excuse me, Texas versus Alabama uh, in that week two matchup, both sides are going to have a good defense. I think the edge goes to Alabama. Both sides will have a good offensive line and running game. The edge goes to Alabama, but not a massive edge necessarily. There is a massive edge in this game, and this is, I think, what what could carry Texas to all those dreams that Longhorns fans have been hoping for for you know since they won the national championship with Vince Young, and that is quarterback-receiver combination. Alabama will be breaking in a brand-new, inexperienced quarterback. Quinn Ewers looks like he'll be the starter at Texas. He's got a full year under his belt, and we saw that when he was healthy last year and playing at his best, he was as effective as any quarterback in the country. And then Xavier Worthy and other receivers, it's one of the best wide receiver groups in all of college football. And so I think Alabama getting Texas that early in the season, when they've got question marks at quarterback and receiver, 
that matchup is going to be really interesting. Would be much better for the Tide if they caught him later so their young talent had a chance to develop like Texas's already have. So there have been a lot of, of expectations over the last several years with Texas. Uh, the Longhorns are back, and, you know, the Longhorns are going to be able to get it done this year. Never happened. This year, I think because of the talent that Coach Steve Sarkeesian has put together and the experience that they have coming into this season, those expectations are reasonable. And I'd consider it disappointing if they didn't win the Big 12 and go beyond that and, and compete for the playoffs. Talking to Trevor Maddich, ESPN's college football analyst. The Pac-12 is going away, but before it goes away, it seems like it has a chance to have one of the better years it's had. USC, Oregon, Washington, even Oregon State looks good. Is there a chance that in its swan song year, you actually get the best Pac-12 in many, many years? Uh, it'll be fun, won't it? Because of those teams you mentioned, throw in Utah. They've got quarterback problems, but I think they won, they won the Pac-12 the last two years. And this is a conference that, for all the conversation about their, their dissolving now, which is kind of half tragic, this year should be tremendous fun because all those teams you mentioned have a chance to win this conference. And so it'll be a fun race. The thing I worry about for the conference nationally is that whoever wins the Pac-12, I think will be good enough to compete in the first round of the playoffs. I don't know that they'll be able to win that game, but I think they'll be able to compete because the Pac-12 is, bar none, the best quarterback league in the country right now. I mean, you talk those teams you mentioned, you know, with Caleb Williams, the returning Heisman Trophy winner at USC, and then other guys that are outstanding as well. Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, Bo Nix has been playing fantastic at Oregon. Um, and so the problem is what it's always been there. There have been so many good teams that could beat the other teams in the Pac-12 that they end up sort of cannibalizing themselves. And by the time we get to uh, talking about who will make the four-team playoff, the Pac-12 has too many losses. And it's not necessarily because the teams can't play. It's because too many teams can play and beat the others. So, you know, enjoy the Pac-12 this year, the last year that, that we'll see it as we knew it, because it'll be one of the most fun races in college football. Trevor, we've heard Kirby Smart versus Nick Saban in the conversation about the best coach in college football. Who is the best coach right now? Why or why not? Well, Myron, Kirby Smart has to be considered that guy because of what he's done. It's not just recruiting and putting those guys on the field and coaching them up and winning. He's won the last two national championships after having sent as many as 15 guys off to the next level from the year before. I mean, the, the fact that he's been able to reload and get the chemistry together with the new team has been extraordinary because football, you know, it's not, it, it's, it's not like most other sports in that a couple of stars can carry your team. In football, everybody has to play together, and your weak link is what's going to drag you down. And Coach Smart has done a fantastic job of, of, of reconstituting team chemistry and team urgency and preparation year after year. That's another big problem that Nick Saban of Alabama is called rat poison, where the more you win, the more your players read in social media, how great they are, and they tend to lose some of that hunger that got them the success to begin with in previous teams. Well, Georgia has not lost that hunger, and that's a testament to the staff and Kirby Smart. But I would throw in this one. um, I would say don't sleep on Brian Kelly of LSU. The reason is that he is so excellent at getting the most out of the players 
that are on his roster. I mean, I went to see him a number of years ago up at Notre Dame. And I walked into the locker room before I talked to Coach, and it was immaculate. And I looked up on the wall and saw a poster of a locker and where everything was supposed to go. Your helmet goes here, not there. Your shampoo goes there, not here. Now, that contrasted with uh, a few years before that, I went up to Notre Dame, walked into the locker room in the offseason, and the place looked like a hurricane came blew through it because it was just a big mess. So I asked Coach Kelly about that, and he just smiled and nodded and said, you know, you can't be disciplined on the field if you're not disciplined off the field. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons yeah. that he led LSU to such a surprise SEC West championship last year. So I would not sleep on him. Trevor, that sounds like crazy behavior to me. I'm not going to tell you. If some man tells me where to put my <laughs> shampoo, I'm going to be like, dude, chill out. I, that's a little much. Trevor Maddich, well, ESPN. You, you being a hair model. Yeah, I'm not. Trust me. ESPN uh, Saturday mornings. Thank you. Or Saturday, game day starting at noon next week. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. By the way, I want to apologize to the viewers on ESPNU. For some reason, during that segment, it looked like, Myron, that the sunlight that Thor was coming down. I don't know what to tell you. Like We're, we're fill-ins. This is not a normal TV show studio. This is my living room, and I don't really know what to do with well, the lighting. So there that, might just be times well, it looks like it looks. You don't need to, you don't need to apologize because TV just didn't bother putting you on TV during that old segment, so you get <laughs> I didn't even get well, on television? No, no, until no. like now. Like, right. Your headshot. a phoner, yep. Yeah, your headshot looked tremendous, though. Well, well you for had people. That. For people who didn't see it, it didn't look great, Myron. Yeah. Well, you had that, and then I asked Trevor, who is the best coach in America? Why or why not? I don't know what that means. <laughs> no, it's not a great song. <laughs> who is the best coach in America? Are we going to be here in the fourth hour? Why or why not? Look, we're doing yes. we're doing what we can. I'm just telling you, this is not – if you could see my house, I cleaned it up to look like this. It normally looks the great, much worse. But let me just say this. The great value morning show, yep. I want to tell you that there's somebody on this show that has strong thoughts about magic. Who is the best coach right now? Why or why not? (laughs) Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is ESPN Radio. It is mornings here on ESPN Radio. Heading into that 9 o'clock hour. Matt Jones and Myron Metcalf. And there's something I wanted to talk about here. This felt like a good time. Some of you may have been watching Hard Knocks, the uh, behind the scenes at NFL training camp. They're with the Jets this year. And this week, Myron, they started episode two with they had a mentalist there, right? And that's one of those people who, like, claims they can read minds and do all this stuff. And I just want to note that I think it's complete hokey. I think anybody who thinks that that they can, like, well, like, you know, it's hokey. It's like hokey, just not true. You know what I mean? Like nobody, nobody can read your mind. Like that's that's all just nonsense. I disagree. Well, okay, hang on before you say your ridiculousness. Let me just set it up. So this guy, he okay. gets up, 
And he does all this stuff where he goes, you know, pick a number, one through 30. and blah, blah, blah. He picks one of the players to come up, and he looks at the player, and he says, all right, who's winning the Super Bowl this year? And he was like, the Jets, because it was the Jets team. And he said, well, who are you going to play in the Super Bowl? And he said, the uh, 49ers. What's the final score going to be? 31-21. And then he flips a card over, and it says Jets 31, 49ers 21 that he had written before. Right, And then he does this thing where he does this card trick and he asks another guy to mention an animal that isn't a mascot and the guy says a goldfish and then Aaron Rodgers opens his hands and he has a goldfish in his hands. It was all pretty amazing stuff. And Myron, I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe the dude can read anybody's mind. But with that said, I found those things to be pretty amazing and I do want to know how he did them. Yeah, I, I don't know what you mean. You you don't believe in it. I'm not sure what that means because magic it means it is real. I mean, no, it's not. It, it's real. It's it, it's real. That you don't know what happened, which is magic. No, right? but no, I mean, that's, that's not no. I don't know how things happen in physics, but it's not that they're magic. It's just that I don't know them. But there is a scientific what? explanation for them. What? Myron, can what's, you explain what's... Can you explain gravity to us, please? No, yeah, no, no, I mean, you don't know what gravity is, but you no, know you, what happens. You all are, you all are that, that's not the same. Well, what's, the, <laughs> what's the problem with believing in a magic trick? First off, it was amazing. You said he put a goldfish in his hands. Aaron Rodgers' hands were closed tightly. There yes. was no way for anyone to put anything in there. And then he opens his hands, and there's a but goldfish. You don't you, believe, you know but you don't believe, Myron, that a goldfish magically transported to his hands. I believe I don't understand it. I'll tell you why you don't like magic. I'm going to tell you why. Number one, you're someone who's hard to impress, right? <laughs> so I think that's probably where it starts, number one. Number two... People like you, you got to be able to explain everything that happens. You just don't want to just believe that maybe something magical happened. And I think that's why I'm big in the magic. Like, so first of all, let me ask you a question. If somebody were to yeah. say to you tomorrow, I can tell you how he got that 31-21 score on there. I have the answer. Are you telling me you wouldn't want to know the answer? Oh, in the world of magic, we we don't listen to those people. They're They're – they're banished we? Think, from the world. Who's of magic. we? When or did you become a magician in your spare no, time? Just it, no. In the magician world, I know those masked magicians, those people who reveal all the tricks. That they are. But you know what happens when they people. reveal the tricks? We find out that it wasn't magic. There was an explanation. I don't. I don't acknowledge those individuals. <laughs> is what I'm saying. Because they're 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 bad actors. So you. So here's the thing. It's not. It's not magic. that you believe in magic. It's that you don't want your opinion that there are magical things to ever be changed. Okay, there's a guy out there, and I don't know his name. His name escapes me. He does magic without sleeves. So everybody's like, oh, something up your sleeves. There's a dude out there who I think he won America's Got Talent. No sleeves. So, you know, people are like, oh, he's putting some up his sleeves. No sleeves. But you know, though. He does all the disappearing and stuff. But I understand that. But you know, Myron. It's still, there's an explanation. You just don't know it yet. But it is not magic. That goldfish did not float into Aaron Rodgers' hands. He was not able to predict before that guy got up there that it was 31-21. There is an explanation. I want to know what it is. And if you know what it is, 888-SAY-ESPN, I'd like to know. What, you don't want people to ask and tell us? You're, you're, 
you're, you're in the wrestling world, right? Where they don't reveal kind of what happens. Well, first of all, you wrestling know, is different. Want... Wrestling is a sport. I know how it happens. Yeah. They wrestle. Yeah, one person wins. They pin them, and they become the champ. That's obvious. That's not the same as magic. I don't want people to try to reveal the, the, the I tricks. I, it's okay to just believe, man. What's wrong with that? What's 888 say ESPN. If you know how he did it, I would like to know the answer because it, I will say yeah. this. Unless Aaron Rodgers and those dudes are in on it, which they maybe are, but unless they're in on it, then I can't really figure out how it worked. But let me – do you believe that uh, David Copperfield made the Statue of Liberty disappear? Since the subject for me, because I was a big David Copperfield guy. So, I mean, the kid me, yeah, I believed it. And that's all that matters. You know, I believed it was magic. And that was enough. You know what I mean? You don't have to explain everything, man. Just let some things, let some things be, okay? But you don't I did have watch to David Blaine. No, I did watch a, David Blaine back in the day had a special where he levitated, man. And if you, and if you watch that, I, I don't know how he did it, but, but he did do man, it. He didn't do it, though. You, that, they explained a, that he, in The Mass Magician. They explained how he Matt, did it. He threw a pack of – there you go with The Mass Magician again. You're talking about these banished <laughs> folks from our world. In, in the magician our, community, we don't acknowledge those But people. you're not in that community. You realize that. You can't do any tricks. I'm a supporter, right? So <laughs> okay. David Blaine uh, threw a pack of cards from outside a restaurant. The card landed on the inside of the restaurant. How do you do that? He literally threw a pack of cards at the not. window. Though, but you know that's, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. Steve is in Ohio. He might I have saw, the answer. I watched it. Steve, do you know how they did the thing with the score? I don't know how they did the thing with the score, but to me it sounds like – have you guys ever watched King of the Hill? <laughs> I have, yes. Those Where aren't we, real okay, people. There's an, episode of King, there, there's an episode of King of the Hill where Hank and Peggy go to a magic show, and Peggy gets locked in a box, and she ends up back at the table. Well, Hank gets mad because he doesn't know how the magic trick is done, so he keeps begging her and begging her to let her know how it's done to the point where he locks her in a box and says, I'm not letting you out until you tell me how the magic trick is done. You sound like Hank Hill because you want to know how it's done, and you're gonna, you'll lock Whoever in a in a box. I, I'm not. Let me just for the record. I appreciate it. I'm not going to lock Myron in a box. I that, think that would that, they would send me that's to HR if I did that. Right there. So I'm not going to do that. I didn't know where he was going on that, I but I'm not going he with him. <laughs> we'll do more what ifs in sports next. This is ESPN Radio. More next.